Sisters podcast with Nicole and John Ellen. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Awareness podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we have a very stimulating chat with the amazing Benjamin McCarthy, uh, talking all about embodied well-being and just ways to be in this world. Um, really enjoyed his wisdom, uh, his his take on on the world as we know it, uh, and why why we've come to the place that we've come to, and maybe some tactics and ways to better connect to the land, to ourselves, to the ability to play in this search for the kind of mysterious mode of embodiment that uh, a lot of people in this world are are really seeking to understand. And we think that Benjamin has a real, a really grounded and kind of dynamic grip on this concept. So enjoy his words of wisdom and the chat that we had with him. We certainly did enjoy it. So we really hope you do too. Okay, so welcome, Benjamin. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to start in the way that we like to with this uh, first magical question. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about your journey to greater awareness? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah, well, I feel like you, going back to sort of the origins of, you know, me being Māori, being raised in into our Māori was definitely a huge mm. aspect of my childhood, you know, like what a gift. our, totally, totally. And I'm so grateful for that because I have a lot of family who are Māori, but weren't, like didn't have that privilege of being mm. raised in a, you know, bilingual primary school and intermediate and, and, nice. and I guess that all started because my mum was a kōhanga reo teacher. Um, yeah, so preschool, Māori yeah. preschool. Yeah. Real cool curriculum, trying to get my son into yeah. that because it's yeah. like, Lots of singing, lots of dancing, yeah. lots of kind of creative play, and like then like a little bit of curriculum, yeah. just to make sure we know how to do basic arithmetic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereabouts, whereabouts was that? That was here on the North Shore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. like Beachhaven, Birkdale region. Oh, yeah. So I sort of, my genealogy comes from Tuwharetua, which is like the Topo I get the Tūrangi region mm. of the country, but we were raised in Auckland, so we were always like the Auckland fancy family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was just where he resided. And um, yeah, I come from a big whānau as well, like there's seven of us, mm. seven kids. Uh, my dad's Pākehā, my mum's Māori, so being that blend, like literally having like a super, uh, what would you say, like posh, fancy English side that from my grandparents who who came from England. Yeah. And then like just being raised in in the Māori realm as well and kind of the fusion of the two was pretty interesting growing mm. up. Quite a polarity there, but it all kind of intersected as well. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that sort of ties into my journey in terms of being kind of like, I was kind of like the white Māori yeah. in a sense too, which is also interesting, you yeah, know, yeah. like, you know, a kapahaka or in these things, like, uh, kids are pretty savage, obviously, so there's like, 
it was always like made really evident like yeah like you're not even that brown and shit oh wow but i'm all here still i don't know i'm not sure where that ties in but that was kind of a part of the journey of being like who would i fit in in this picture you know coming from those two worlds in terms of yeah awareness development of awareness i think yeah just like my my pathway from from kind of like school i think in the sort of high school period i almost started to feel like i was you know getting into that too cool phase and so the kapanika stuff and the cultural stuff for me like sort of became less i was less integrated with it yeah so from a kid it was like full noise that was kind of everything in terms of like being on Mirai and community and all of that and then you get to that kind of age where you're in this modern realm of coolness is more important exactly coolness mm. is everything so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so coolness <laughs> became the priority yeah and so i i sort of had a disconnect from that maori culture or yeah. my maori culture which yeah it was like many many years of not speaking it not doing wow. anything yeah. within that realm but always like knowing that it was there mm. and you'd go to the old birthday and someone would kick into a haka and you're like oh no like should I join? Do yeah. I still am I here? Yeah, yeah. Am I legit? Yeah, yeah. Am I legit? <laughs> of course I am, but <laughs> I don't feel it. But no, nah, and and it's interesting when I there. I feel like there are a lot of my friends and whanau who have gone through that same transition. Mm. At least for me, it was like a disconnect from from that part of my culture, more of an embrace for like the Western kind of being cool, mm. even just drinking, partying, those kind of like typical teenage behavioral dynamics and social situations and then kind of coming out of that adolescence and then being like damn i think i should reconnect with my culture a bit and then going through the kind of stumbly uh uncomfortable transition back Mm. into kind of speaking to their maori and identifying more with the ideologies and how that ties yeah. into like like you guys have mentioned the connection to the earth and mm. elements and yourself and your breath and it's all super in, interwoven with like the whole yogic mm-hmm. philosophy and there's probably like deep deep historical intersections hundred percent yeah. yeah and so seeing it in a new light as a sort of adult and with a little more kind of life experience and understanding it was like it kind of blew my mind it started Mm. to be like oh my gosh there's so much there in all the forms you know in the forms of embodiment through the way we express ourselves and various things like haka or kapahaka or song or prayer and Mm. so i guess reintegrating was kind of an awkward thing of like even just the language was it was always there in terms of like the vocabulary, but the way I was speaking it was very rusty. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stumped. Even people who are learning the language or wanting to engage with it, there's like this, this it's quite vulnerable to not be good at something and then like yeah. do the kind of mahi and the work to <laughs> establish it in your tongue and your vocal cords. And yeah, so you retrain those muscles, eh? 100%. Yeah. 100%. And luckily my mother is like amazing at teaching kind of, no, yeah. yeah she's just an amazing teacher 24 or 5 years as a head of a kōhanga reo that was yeah. full immersive mm. te reo maori you know and then like I'm like damn okay I need to relearn all of this I need to kind of get back into it and understanding it from 
a different perspective of not being a kid who's just in it, taking it for granted, and yeah. then kind of reappreciating it, I suppose. Yeah. Do you think you appreciate it more because of that? I think so. Yeah. For sure. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this shit's so deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. The, even the simplest of terms, like words like aroha, you know, your aro is just your awareness. It's more indicative of your like very now awareness, like yeah. where you're looking is kind of wow. where your aro is, your most yeah. immediate form of awareness. And then ha <sighs> is your yeah. breath, you know? So I'm like <laughs> breaking down words mm. yeah. and being like, oh shit, there's actually like a code here yeah. that I'm trying to now, you know, further develop my understanding of and then use my ability to speak English and articulate it in a way that can kind of even give it more potency to people who either want to learn. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people who even speak to your Māori haven't really gone down the route of breaking down... Mm. That full etymology, yeah. F- exactly, etymology. Yeah. That's where I was after. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with etymology. I'm always looking at it, particularly from learning Sanskrit with, with yoga and, and piecing the words together and then looking at English from that same way and how it's made of Latin and and all of the other yeah. influences. And Sanskrit actually influences English as well. But there's True. so many similarities in mm. the words that we that we see in all the languages. You start mm. breaking it back to root words and then you're like, oh, these all sound the same. Like, how does that happen? And you're like, mm. oh, because it all came from one source. Mm. For sure. Yeah. And For that sure. language actually is more of a code, right? That it's like messages being passed down through generations ancestrally uh-huh. in the language, in the words. When we look at it through the lens of awareness, which is what you're doing, to say, how do I interpret this as a sacred gift from those that came before me, as opposed to, oh, this is just something that complacently we use to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, our communication goes well beyond language. And maybe mm-hmm. language is actually the gift of, of these codes, of these messages of how to interact within ourselves, with each other, mm. and with the earth, you know, that sits in the words. 100%, yeah. 100%. Mm. And what's even more crazier is like the further and further I go down. And I'm also trying to sort of find the best teachers who are more mm. fixated on the ancient Māori. Because mm. obviously like through colonization, it became like alphabet and it became written, right? Yeah. Because prior to that, it was a... T- yeah. It was a fully only spoken word. It was carved in storytelling, but it was etched in the minds of the people in the tribe who mm. were allocated the task of remembering everything from mm. your genealogy, poetry. Like Māori were like real high level orators mm. at, at their core in terms of the yeah. linguistic aspect of it. And that manifested in all forms like karakia and prayer, waiata and song, and could then like take on and uh, sort of embody a different emotional state. Yeah. And so the further I kind of like go deeper into it, it's recognizing that every vowel sound, which is like the vowels are A, E, E, or U, which is in the order of, it's actually A, U, E, E, or, when you say it's one word, O, E, E, or, it's a cry to E, or Matua Korea, which is like the, the, creator so yeah. to speak oh my gosh. but yeah. then but then through the process of making it uh like putting it on paper and trying to get it into a just get it onto paper and yeah. make it easier to learn i guess was part of the 
origin and, of like that. and legitim legitimizing it to the people who exactly. arrived here to try and communicate. They're like, oh, we can do this thing and write it down and do what you do as well. It's a different culture, eh? Yeah, like, but taking away the actual essence. And then usual usual know this through your own experience of either fragments of Maori that you're learning is that what happened was English words became modified. Yeah. So like morena morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like Monday, Monday, yeah, Tuesday, yeah. two day. And so, mm. whereas originally it was like the days had their own different meaning corresponding to Maramataka, moon cycles, Nahinara, Tsuda, Appa, all these different seven day cycles that corresponded to the things that Māori were doing on the ground. That's a whole nother tangent. Yeah, yeah. Guess, right but easily, <laughs> I love the fact that it's like, they're both land, in a seven day cycle. It's like all of these things. It's like the curiosity of these cultures being so separate, but having these same influences of, of certain cycles in the way that they land and, yeah, totally. and splitting them up in these ways. And like, how did two completely, supposedly completely independent cultures land in a seven day cycle, you know? Sure. Yeah. Which probably points to like more ancient yeah. origins of like an integrated global culture that yeah. being branched off mm. probably, right? Uh, which is why yeah. Sanskrit vowels and Maori vowels are like yeah. the same. Mm. And then without deviating too far from that. No, no, deviate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, actually just quickly, Maramataka was how Maori's existed. So Maori's lived on a essentially like a 31 to 32 day lunar cycle. Mm. And every single one of those days were corresponding to like the ovulation time of woman, yes. the, uh, the time to plant food, the yeah. time to fish. Yep. The time not to fight, the time to definitely fight. Yeah. If, if those things were like mm. prevalent and what was going on around them, you know. So they were, yeah, like I just love the idea of like being so cosmically integrated mm -hmm. that Matariki, like that star cluster way over there, and that moon were like giving context to what the people would be doing on the ground mm. and living totally integrated with that. And every single lunar chapter having a legitimate correspondence to like soil fertilization yeah. when the fish are breeding like like yeah. I said when like women are most like most heightened sexually and ready to like receive babies yeah. when they're not ready to receive babies so like mm. what do they do at that time and the moon was indicating all of that stuff that stuff blows my mind and I'm yeah. still like very much at the beginning of learning that in more detail to then like yeah, folds so into um, Rudolf Steiner and all the biodynamic approach to to planting and harvesting, and they are very focused on you don't do these things. This is a seed day. This is a root day. This is a flower day, and yeah, you yeah, only yeah. do certain things on certain days as well. So there's a there's a lot of that cross cultural um, integration or yeah, so cool similarity. Yeah, yeah, and that's like ancient science. You yeah, know, mm, which the is real like science. Eh? The real science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not this new science. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is completely reductionist, separate, and makes us feel isolated and lonely disconnected, and yeah. disconnected. Yeah. And it's it's so fascinating. You know, when we're talking about this, there's like a tangible energy in the room right now of excitement, right? Mm. Elation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's a remembering. You know, we're having this collective remembrance that we're all connected to it no matter what culture we were born into or the color of our skin. There is a remembrance of this is how we function. This makes sense to us. And we would have felt just so much more connected to each other, but to the land and this disconnection that we're currently living in, you know, I would say very much correlates to the mental health situation that we see 100%. and everything that's going on because mm -hmm. we've forgotten. And there's this little part of us that remembers, but we don't know what we remember. 
Sure. You're like, what was that feeling? And then this stuff gets talked about. And it's like, well, that's ridiculous because that's not in this linear kind of scientific materialism um, standpoint. But it actually is. And we all sort of know. And it's like, how much easier? Sorry, we got interrupted by the dog barking. Please continue. <laughs> so just how much easier <laughs> um, life would be if we were born into understanding this, mm-hmm. you know, that this is actually mm-hmm. our reality. And even though in past time that has been true, to even fathom that right now is, um, I know for myself, born into a culture of very white dim, what you call it, <laughs> yeah. with, you know, fences and linear and this, this way, there was no, not even a religious or any kind of spiritual context, just to mm. keep such a big disconnect. And it's trying to come back from that, you know, which I think happens through awareness and trying to seek what actual truth is. And yeah. there's this idea that there are facts or scientific truth, but then there is like the truth of her, of the earth, of mm. the sky, of mm. these kind of universal laws and how we come back to that through our own awareness investigation and our own exploration of ourselves actually from the inside out to kind of reconnect with it Mm. totally hard Mm. out and yeah whether that's classified as like indigenous or lost wisdom Mm. it kind of feels like now there's a hunger for more of that understanding Mm. in the people who don't fit into the current paradigm of play right yes but like the paradigm has its function you know Mm -hmm in a sense for this like the structures and the landscape that's been established over the sort of modern era mm. you know so it's kind of hard for people to fathom that there are alternatives yes to like the current way that most people in our worlds exist you know mm. so it's kind of a full to shift paradigms fully to more of a kind of cosmically earthbound cultivator gatherer roles that we existed within so long and in these like smaller social groups Mm. now we have social media that's like proliferated out to thousands which creates so much turmoil for Mm. our psychology and and you know especially the younger generation and yeah tangent 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 (laughs) we were so connected to so much conflict so quickly and so easily like you can literally just put something out there which might be three words and all of a sudden someone picks up one word and creates conflict with you when if you were in small family groups someone would just say oh be careful with that word because it actually means this yeah whereas uh, on social media it's just like knives yeah yeah and your system gets affected right like we know that the nervous system your whole body kind of reacts and then i think it brings it back to that when you're not connected with the earth and you can't co-regulate yourself with the earth and you've got mm. all these other influences, then your system's getting thrown off. It actually leads to other types of illness and just disharmony within our own mm. individual systems because we're trying to regulate either through other substances in ourselves or through other people and not maybe leaning into like, you could probably <laughs> hug a tree. <laughs> Straight <laughs> you up. Know? Yeah. 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 Well, there's so much you can do that, you know, we know that can just reset yourself and then it's about what choices am I going to make from this point forward to try and cultivate more balance, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't necessarily want to go full bush yet. Yeah. Maybe I will eventually. Mm. But finding a harmony between the the fusion of the two, you know, maintaining a connection to like mm. my body, myself, my well-being, yeah. the earth, and also to the sort of mission to succeed 
in more of a material realm mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. i don't want to fully discount that yeah as like a unworthy pursuit in its nature of being fast and like the rat race and yeah. stuff like that but i can't totally exist within that world without counteracting it with heaps of like outdoor time surfing beach time yes connection with mm. that and you stuff. consciously have chosen to do your um movement practices your um things like that outside mm. as as a piece of that puzzle would you say for sure yeah mm. which is kind of just like a rather than going to a gym and in, inside yeah. in a building or even doing a yoga class inside in a studio that this mm. opportunity to do the movement outside actually cultivates a little bit more of that wisdom and connection i think so yeah for sure and it's not saying that i never do inside training because there's a utility in that as yeah. well right mm. to have certain equipment that you can't find outside unless you're like trying to throw around some rocks yeah <laughs> but i've always naturally been drawn to exercise outdoors like it's yeah. not even been a thing that i've had to process and be like what do i want to do yeah i'm just like let i'm just yeah. you know you're kind of your preferences are naturally guiding you i think and if we've just definitely like, seen benjamin hanging yes. from trees 100 percent down at the park. Yeah. 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 <laughs> dinner plate size pupils. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, for sure. I mean we're so blessed around here, right? Yeah. To have like so much abundance of space and the sea and yeah. there are trees and Yeah, like I, that's why I love living around here. Yeah. Is yeah, you can kind of get the best of both, I suppose. Yeah. Mm, the integration. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is a really beneficial point to talk about that we're not discrediting the paradigm that exists, right? And yeah. that so often, especially with the time we're in, we can get kind of angry, upset, frustrated at the systems and structures. I know for myself, I get very frustrated at the actual, the systemic issues that plague so many people's realities. And that sure. it just needs to take kind of a shift in one direction as opposed to the whole thing being bad. You know, and yeah, then there's so much benefit and that it's, I think what's hard is that when we kind of go through this journey of awakening or awareness, we start to see, well, this is bad and this is good. And the simplicity in our own psychology, our minds of being like, well, I've got to discredit something because now I've chosen this. Mm-hmm. And what we're really doing is holding a dual state of awareness yeah. where we can kind of see both and we can balance it within ourselves, which takes quite a lot of awareness and humility to say, Straight here's up. where I see an issue. Here's where I don't. And walking that, and there's this kind of this um, this simplicity that's been that I think plagues our society of like, well, you said that, so you are in that box. For sure. You know, they'll say to me, oh, well, you don't want to do this, so you hate the whole of Western medicine, and I'm like, no, I don't. I just don't agree with this. This, that, that, that. I mean, I don't know what those things are. Not straight up. Yeah. Put you in a box, like. Yeah. Yeah. I really. I mean, to me, like that's like people who exist in that kind of world to me are lacking like a fundamental aspect of intelligence yes. which just is literally like nothing is that simple Darcy agrees mm. yeah thanks Darcy yeah. and that's like pretty harsh assessment but it's kind of to me like real intelligence comes in the form of an openness and understanding mm-hmm. an ability to like discern between all these new stimuli, stimuli that are coming in at light speed. And that's probably contributing to the mass hysteria. Yeah. 
yeah. it's just like too much info mm. too much input yeah you know what i mean like we've got this whole world around us <laughs> yeah. but yet there's kind of like more happening in our devices that if we're not careful to find the balance and i'm like i totally fall victim to like too much of that mm. not yeah. enough of like that at times so i'm constantly like having to calibrate delete certain apps yeah. make sure i have like regulations on my integration with technology so that i can basically find more harmony because yeah. it sucks being in a state of like oh my god like, i just looked at my phone for too long and like i'm all discombobulated and yeah. like i'm not in my body i'm super like slouchy and whatnot so mm. i don't know balance is everything hey yeah yeah i think and it's hard i think you know it's that thing where we have to as individuals take the responsibility to regulate and that that's also semi of an issue of like i shouldn't have to regulate or sense my own body or that when when there is a lack of embodiment it's hard to know like so mm. for us who do a lot of embodiment work mm-hmm. we know that point right where it's like you've held the phone or whatever or you're sitting there and suddenly you notice the somatic experience you're having and your body changes and mm-hmm. then your mind has that irritation or i call it like going gray everything goes gray you're like oh i can feel that essence of joy that spark that exists in my being changing the harmony yeah. is changing and now I've got to do those things which might be standing on the grass, you know, outside or just going and hanging on the rings, you know, yeah, yeah. doing something to bring that back. But I do think a, a huge issue is that if you haven't gone through the process of embodiment, which to me is the process of awareness, mm-hmm. then you're missing all those signs. And this is how, again, the illness and things comes up. So we are, how do we, how do we stay embodied? How do we actually read the signs and what are, Maybe in your own journey, some of the things when you maybe first started to notice, or do you feel like you've had this your whole life? Or was there a point where you're like, oh, this throws me out, you know, and this is what I can do to come back and how that mm. process has been for you and what you did potentially. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, hard. Um, heroic dose of psychedelic mushrooms at 15. Yeah, <laughs> let's get on to that. Accidental. Accidental. Nah. nah, intentional, but like totally out of my depth. Yeah. yeah. But I think... It was those key experiences that sort of created very incremental, but kind of in the longer run, mm. a like paradigm shift in how I perceive mm. my well-being, like with the choices that I make, my connection to nature, myself, my mm. breath, you know, I feel through those kind of harrowing, but insightful moments mm. of being way out of my, way out of my depth and psychedelia, like visioning fractal patterns and feeling Mm. like my body in a new way and you know like looking at sugar in a new way and being like why am I eating this like I don't even want it and kind of I don't know these were like pretty pivotal moments for me that Mm. I from those sort of like experiences made like a full-on shift from like less alcohol consumption less sugar consumption more physical exercise more focus on um doing things that I really love and finding more of a balance Mm. at a sort of semi younger age where the like broader, uh, groups that I were in were all just fixated on like loud music, (laughs) drugs and alcohol, you know, and there's very little, um, emphasis or focus on just well-being mm. which fundamentally to me like that's always number one mm. and it's obviously a very sophisticated puzzle to solve well-being like yep. you know like it's got so many different dimensions to it which i'm so fascinated by and that's kind of my journey is like how to best understand the cultivation of great well-being across all dimensions mm. while acknowledging like the western paradigm that we live in um 
making calibrations where necessary like i would never live in like a concrete jungle city you know like i have to have a mm. backyard and whatnot but yeah and then i just like i started doing mma i started to kind of like i stopped drinking alcohol which was like a massive move mm. for me i think at the age mm. of 20 yeah I feel like i still was in it but every time i was doing it it's like a higher awareness of me it was like don't do that and then when i started fighting and i had like mentors around me who were trying to build me as a fighter to kind of compete at a higher level mm. it just became evident like oh i'm gonna fight some dude if i'm drinking in the weekend you know i'm gonna have less of a chance of victory and so yeah. it was kind of the like fusion of all those different things coming together um like my re-establishment with my maori culture which to mm. me like i was kind of touching on that earlier and there's so much within that that i could literally probably talk for 10 hours flat yes um <laughs> Really but, love to hear that. <laughs> no, but you know, like a lot of the embodiment stuff, because embodiment's kind of everything, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it all comes back to that. It's yep. like maybe some people have such a baseline of human experience that's so dulled by everything that they're consuming, information, poor diet, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They don't even know or have a reference point for an experience beyond the doll. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how, so when they see or engage with people who have a bit more spark or energy or mm -hmm. tenacity and kind of character yeah. coming through, either they're like, cool, I want to like, be a part of that, or they're like, who is that person? And there's yeah. like that immediate yeah. judgment because mm -hmm. they're just reflecting what, yeah. you know, their own insecurities or whatnot yeah it doesn't feel safe yep. yeah but you know i think you're you're constantly contending with so many different <laughs> dynamics right especially mm. in this social landscape with the politi politicization of all these new phenomenon coming mm. up and like are you on this side or that side yeah i'm like geez like i'm on the health side yeah, yeah. So, Pro -life. <laughs> straight up and yeah. like to kind of like wrap that for me i've done a lot of thinking about like how can i support like myself my community in the best possible way that's more available to just everyone regardless of your choices mm -hmm. and just overall beneficial mm. and so i kind of concluded that okay like fitness wellness uh this like morning stuff that i'm doing that's maybe a way that's just like cuts through all the hoo-ha i don't need to have a political conversation mm -hmm. i can yeah. just get people running outside at 5am yeah. cold in the brisk like come on let's go and then let's do some jumping jacks and star jumps and let's breathe a bit and then let's get in the water let's get out and high five mm. and do the work of helping save the world on like a real micro scale yep. through just like helping people in their journey of well-being uh, which i feel like using super yeah. on that boat as well right? yeah we call it yeah. Micro, micro leaders, leaders. right they, they, yeah we, we don't need someone at the top dictating to other people who dictate to others who dictate to the rest. We just need Embodied micro people leaders. in small communities that choose this work and support the, well, exactly what you just explained, basically. Yeah. That it's like, and you know, there's this sense of humility and humility is the essence to being connected to the earth, in my opinion, and being mm -hmm. connected to each other. We have to have this, this humility, this groundedness in that I'm just another human. And actually I'm, I'm it's like, I'm everything and nothing, you know, I'm mm. sacred and I'm insignificant. And we hold this this dual awareness and then we just support those around us right in this accept uh, loving way of here yeah, where whatever your choice is mm. you are entitled as a sovereign being to have that choice and i will love you regardless and mm. that why is this so hard for so many and that if we can be those micro leaders i think it had the ripple effect is quite 
profound, you know, that yeah. just having that loving real interaction goes so far for so many people and it's beautiful. And if it's 5 a.m., I commend you, 4.44, you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting up if you want to run yeah. for <laughs> 5 a.m., then you're just doing it. Um, it's an amazing way of doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I can, like, go to a war verbally about all the hoo-ha going on. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. I mean, we've heard. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rumor has it. But it has, there's a tax, right? There's a yeah. cost to that much kind of engagement that in its nature unfortunately is all negative in mm. some way right mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it has a toll on like i'll be at the end of the day like man i was on a worksite today and i like argued with nine tradies and it was mm. like one v nine and they were upset because i kind of not won maybe i'm just like convoluted to being like i won that argument yeah but actually like i just came to the table with this that and the other and i pointed at the fundamental importance of just health yeah while these individuals are like eating pies and drinking cokes and so on. And it's like, yeah, no judgment to you. But if we're having a conversation about well-being as the very foundation, mm-hmm. which it all kind of comes back to, right? Yeah. Like ultimately in this it pandemic does, yeah. thing, it's like, what's the most important thing? Like being healthy. Yeah. Video, which <laughs> is so obvious that it's kind of like uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, but what I could see in the body language of the people I was in this particular engagement with, which kind of like, to me, it sort of was a moment of reflection and understanding of like, damn, like my competitive nature of wanting to like win an argument isn't actually, you know, for that group of people, I just kind of made them all feel shitty about themselves Mm. because I was like, look at what you're eating, look at what you're consuming, like. How are you putting yourself in the best possible position for immunity from a thing that is an imminent threat, apparently, yeah. all around you that you're trying to protect yourself from, yet you're doing nothing else yeah. other than like potentially just vaccination mm. to give yourself that ability to kick it if it ever comes in contact with you? you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's anyway. baffling. And when you're embodied, it blows your mind. Yeah. Right? Like I think this is exactly comes back to embodiment. As an embodied person, it's like, but obviously I would do that. And so the whole thing seems so strange mm. when they're just telling you to put more stuff in. And it's like, cool, not even necessarily a judgment on that, but I'm going to take responsibility for my health. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation where it was like, oh, but you can't, you know, you can't trust someone else. You can't trust yourself with your body. Yeah. You know what it was, you know, you've got to, someone else has got to tell you what to do with your body. And I was like. The GP or the whatever is the, is the one who knows your body. I 100% don't agree you. with that. I mean, this was a family member of mine and it was kind of like, you've got to, you can't, you can't trust your body. And I'm like, wow, that is a very disconnected place to be. And kind of oh, wow. just scary, you know, I'm like, wow, like you don't have to be there either, but I'm definitely not there. And I would always trust my own wisdom first. Mm. Doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily go to a GP or go to another professional who's trained specifically in something and be yeah. like, hey, what do you think? But I would then take what they thought and filter it back through me. Because me as a system, I am completely different to every other system. And this is the issue that I think a lot of us are facing where you're trying to push one solution, one drug on a global population and try and then admit that, say, that it wouldn't cause any different effects when we've all got a different system. And it's very hard to fathom that. Yeah, it's like if you give, I think I said this to you at the beach, like if you give everyone in New Zealand a peanut, There'll be quite like maybe thousands of people who just die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you give everyone a shrimp, if you give everyone 
I don't know. Yeah. Name your thing. Like yeah. Yeah. coffee, Someone's going to die. Like, well, yeah. probably, right? Yeah. And so it's super naive, in my opinion, mm. to suggest or like start to entertain the idea that this this new thing that's being administered has no cost on individuals whose bodies aren't receiving it correctly. Yeah. Mm. You know? And then this yeah. weird just thing wow. of like, oh, well, you know, it's just the sacrifice we have to make that some people are going to get injured or some people are going to die. I'm going... So that would be um, human sacrifice. Not sure I agree with that, actually. And you can't say that, oh, it's not that. I'm like, oh, it's 100% that if that's what you're endorsing. And maybe we need to stand in that truth to say, are you willing to sacrifice humans for the greater good? And do we actually, is that in alignment with your values and beliefs? Because for myself, I'm like, well, no, it's not. So I cannot endorse any of this or agree with it personally because I don't agree with the... Russian roulette, is that what? Yeah, the, the Russian roulette. The, the, the guy, know, that's yeah. the same thing. And I'm like, what? That could be someone I love or myself or, you know, or any that's human it. who I don't know who's also a brother or sister and I'm not okay with them being harmed off a, this is going to protect even though we know it doesn't. Yeah, and going back to what you said about, like to me the most disempowering move a human being can make is offset the responsibility of their well-being to others. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that shit blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's not like, I'm, I like to think that I, there's still a aspect of humility and knowing what you don't know how to deal with yeah. in your system, you yeah. know, but I'm like super obsessed with knowing how to fix myself. Mm. Yeah. Like I'll like roll my ankle and I'll be like, cool. Like I have a decent anatomy understanding, like what's going on here? Yeah. And then it's like, what do I do for it? You know, yeah. whereas what do I not do? Yeah. just mm-hmm. go somewhere and go like, oh. and then yeah. the doctor's like, yeah, I sit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> pay me 50 bucks. Yeah. And that can just be like spread across all the issues, right? And so yeah. many people walk around uncomfortable in pain mm. because they've spent so many years totally disconnected from yeah. their own health and well-being and the things that they can do to cultivate that. And that's like the norm. So mm. we're like these weird outliers who are obsessed with like, oh, I'm going to take care of this myself. 100%. Yeah. Like, I know people who are like, oh man, I've got a headache. Like, you know, you got a Panadol that's like super, super common. I'm yeah. not around people who are like that. So I'm like, what do you mean Panadol? Like, are you hydrated? <laughs> you carry that stuff around. Like, yeah. have you massaged your like head to see if there's just like general tension in your fascia and your face and stuff? <laughs> Try moving your jaw. Go outside. Have like, you faced an emotion? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you know, and they're like, nah, nah, I'd rather just like, eat some drugs and it go away and it yeah. works like yeah. they eat the drugs and the headache goes away but then they're giving up the opportunity to learn how yeah. to deal with mostly it's dehydration like yeah. the amount of people i'm like have you been drinking water and they're like <laughs> oh yesterday uh, i had yeah. half a glass yeah 100%. and then on the water thing there's water like, and coffee right i'm obsessed with telling people about like drinking good water yeah yeah, yeah. you know like there's there's a whole a lot of people that i know are into health who have little to no consideration for the water that they consume every single day. Mm. Yeah. And I'm always like, what's the primary nutrient for life? And they're yeah. like, water. And I'm like, it's actually light, but what's next? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what do you mean? And I'm like, don't worry, don't worry, what's next? Water, okay, cool. Like, you got to imagine that water has nutritional value, yeah. uh, which we call minerals. Mm. Don't you think it's important to have mineral-rich water every single day or are you okay with drinking water that comes from pipes has been recycled through other people's bodies many times and had chemicals added to it yeah. i can taste chlorine yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like i can actually then. taste it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what 
you let you know I'm on a work site or whatever my guys are just like filling out from the hose and stuff like and that and the hose that's run through the like meters and meters and meters of rubber and plastic even before exactly. it's pumped out the other end yeah it's, I just say yeah. to them like in the sun dead water yeah. exactly like dead completely devoid of all minerals mm. yeah. running through pipes recycled and has additives in it yeah so yeah. like ugh. Yeah, yeah. or like the water I spend $15 a week on which yeah. is like from the ground mm. like 700 feet underground been running through rocks for like millennia yeah and it's being extracted <laughs> and you know it's just like yeah, there's these no-brainer things that if I come into contact with people who are keen to like learn some shit, that's like the first thing I do is like yeah. just fix your water. It's talking a month. Yeah, yeah. see how you go. And yeah. it's always like, oh my menstruation, like my menstrual cycle's regulated. My skin's so good. Like yeah. that, like bellyache I had for a year's gone, and it's like mm-hmm. people just walk around in discomfort, and then I'm like, Ugh, I need some help, as opposed to like taking complete responsibility. responsibility. It's so normalized, eh? So normalized. It's like, oh, no, humans, it's just real hard. Like, we're pretty broken. We're born broken. We just get more broken. And that's just the state of humans. I'm like, nah, (laughs) that would be a lie. We're actually amazing. There's lots you can do. And I mean, I think the funniest thing in my own journey of like, I got healthier as I got older. You know, it's kind of like you get older and then you start degrading degrading i'm like mm, i get sure. healthier as i get older my body gets stronger and healthier through this process and i mean the big sort of transition with the diet changing and water and all of these things it was phenomenal and i, I physically looked younger you know than i had before and it's look amazing <laughs> thank you as do you, you know? <laughs> Everyone it's, is like, it's a crazy thing and when you've done it yourself and then people are oh, that doesn't work you're like but i've gone through this process and it is the most rewarding thing. It is so empowering, right? And then you are excited to be embodied. But when you're walking around in pain, I can see why people don't want to be embodied and experiencing it through, you know, having a yoga studio and being working with people in movement. Like I can see why they don't want to go into their bodies. When we're saying, let's teach these kind of slow practices to really tune into what's happening internally. It's like, they're like, but I don't like what's happening internally. And it's that, that's a hard pill to swallow of like, well, there is no pill for this. There is no, some magical person in a white coat isn't going to make it go away. The only way is through it, right? Is to go mm. in to one, recognize it, to recognize we've been lied to, that we've then abused our bodies, maybe knowingly or unknowingly. Mm. And then there's a process of kind of uh, cleansing, I'm saying purifying mm. and, and walking through it and acknowledging it. And that's the, the, the physical kind of journey. And in the emotional journey, right, of mm. of healing and of changing things like diet and water is massive because then there's this emotional connection to types of food and the reward system as we're kids and celebration. And so you've got to really take this very sticky journey mm. through it to then come out to be like, we promise you it's magical on it's the other it. side. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you'll be able to express more of your human potential. Yeah. Which is the thing, you know, like I think all human beings are like innately geniuses and like there's variation in IQ, whatever IQ is and whatnot. Yeah. And there's (laughs) genetic dynamics in terms of all across the spectrum of like physicality and, and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, if you give a human being the right input, ideally from the get go, which is like my journey with my son, it's just like. I just want him to eat the healthier shit all the time. Yeah. Like be just immersed in play, like constantly learning, you know, and, and so that over the longer period of his life, 
I can implement all these values around like health, well-being, fun, yeah. so on and so forth. And that's a pretty magical journey to watch slowly, slowly, slowly unfold. Because, mm. you know, like everybody, or like, no, not everybody, but like my childhood, it was like, man, I wish I had an optimal diet. And we had a great diet, but it was like bags of chips and like jam sandwiches, you know, for yeah. lunch and stuff like that. I wonder if I would have been taller. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so... Um, yeah, that's just the big thing for me. That's kind of what I've essentially devoted my attention and energy into is just like, how do you cultivate the best well-being? And I'm always learning new shit, constantly trying to learn new dynamics of health. Like I've recently gone into like rebounding, which is like bouncing on a little trampoline. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is mean. I feel great. Yeah. But so fun. Yeah. yeah so good then, for the fascial system. So good for the lymph. So good yeah. for all of those things. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, you can know all the things, but until you apply the like hard uh, modality of discipline to like making sure that you're doing those things consistently, because that's yeah. perhaps the like difficulty in that journey. Mm-hmm. Implementation, like, yeah, yeah. Whether it's just physical pain in a position, mm-hmm. or oh, I don't want to feel that pain, or mm-hmm. whether it's whatever is coming out for someone on their journey, the embarrassment of being somebody who isn't healthy, trying to be healthy, there's mm-hmm. all these... Things, but every individual has all that shit to work out and unravel, which you can just see as a fun journey. Yeah. Like, I've got to unravel my self-doubt and my, Mm. you know, my My self-sabotage, my shame, Mm. all these things. Where does that come from? Oh, shit, it comes from... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One day at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But, Um, yeah. And, And I'm still very aware of my own learning that's needed and the things that I'm trying to really build and cultivate in those realms so that eventually I can actually like step into that role as a as a leader and as someone mm. who wants to like share all the things that I've learned and just create a formula of living yeah. with like just solid principles that are like rock solid you know that yeah. apply to anyone anywhere that they can implement in their day-to-day and like hopefully have a good life. Oh. And to be fair, you're an amazing leader right now. Yeah. Just to say. Hey. Thanks. And walk in, yes. walk in the walk, you know? You know absolutely. Really you're absolutely. You are a proponent of what you um, are espousing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you are actually. You should see the health radiating off him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. I just want one thing to kind of finish this off is the importance, and you just set it off like fun, right? With, with well-being. You know, mm. we can go into all of the, the diet. And I think this, you know, all this stuff and, and awareness, but fun and play, no matter how old we are, how paramount this is for our well-being. Particularly as adults. Yeah. 100%. I think it's like number maybe one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe. Like, yeah. I mean, playfulness, if it's not ingrained in a cultural um, mm. dynamic, which I don't know if, I don't, I don't see that it is in like, let's just say like Kiwi culture. Yeah. It's not. It's like, you know, what, what is our culture? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of fusional. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah. like for I'm a long time. you say that because we are like there, like trying to figure it out too. Always. I actually, I studied early childhood, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And my last thing I wrote about was what is our integrated culture? You know, how do we bring these things together and how, <clears throat> If we're in these centers with children like your son's age, you know, how are we teaching them a culture where none of us know what it is? <laughs> and then we, we have the sense of lostness. But I think that leads beautifully into playfulness of like, where is the, where is the joy that we spark within each other 
and that connection back to the earth you know how how what how do we create this and yeah what is it for you how do you how do you do it uh, <laughs> how do i do it myself yeah, how do you yeah. do it um, we think you're a great example of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, again, I think it just comes back to activities that encapsulate all the various dynamics. You know, like, let's look at APRA, right? You've yeah. got, like, you've got, like, strength development, partnership, mm. connection, fun, uh, difficulty. You've got mm. all these different things. Mm. So, like, put that on the list. That's a great activity to participate in in a conscious way to try and develop yourself <clears throat> as a human being and across all those dimensions. You know, the playfulness. Mm-hmm. The ability to like hold someone else up and be like all that stuff, you know. So I guess I'm always trying to engage in practices that encapsulate lots of different cool dynamics. Yeah. Make and then do as many of those dynamic things. My problem is there's too much fun stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really find the time. I'm picking up new sports all the time. But I like that as well because I'm constantly just yeah. evolving and lubricating different parts of my mind to mm. adjust and adapt to new environments you know yeah um the playfulness one is like a real tricky one because people can become physically stiff and emotionally and spiritually stiff mm. yeah. to be incapable to like express themselves in a mm-hmm. joyful playful way right and so yeah every individual's journey is different on that you know like unless you've got a reference point of experience for being playful or yeah i don't know like it's really hard you know for Mm. people to just like break into a playful mode it's not that you can kind of be like hey catch this and they'll be like and they'll throw it back and you're like here again (laughs) trying to pull them in like come on like and then there's all those barriers of i'm an adult like i'm a dude whatever stories we tell ourselves that prevent us from expressing in that playful mode and like we've said, our culture, particularly our weird fusion culture thing that we've yeah. got going on, but I'm still trying to figure out in terms of defining the aspects of our culture that are great and then aspects of it that are not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's always a dichotomy there, like between the good and the bad aspects of a culture, I think. Yeah. But fundamentally, we could definitely do with a lot more fiesta style music mm. liveliness yeah you know what i mean and Absolutely. it wasn't until i traveled that i was like what? i felt i was like an alien because yeah. i although aware of all these things was brought up in that world so like when i'm overseas i'm that stiff person who's like trying to then like get on the spanish vibe and like move my hips and yeah, yeah. get amongst <laughs> it but it was like a difficult process kind of because mm. i was like oh shit like, i'm not used to this i'm kind of used to like sitting around and yeah i don't know just like maybe someone's throwing a frisbee if, if you're lucky yeah. Or, yeah. or playing some cricket i don't know it's it's in us like it's in our very nature as human beings yeah. to play yeah. i just think someone needs to be ready to take that little leap to express themselves in different ways mm-hmm. before they can start to feel the benefit of being more playful yeah you know and it's like in your relationships and your work mm-hmm. In your day to day, like the day to day, like starting with the little micro things, like how much do you laugh? Straight up. Right? How yeah. is, and I think well, people must laugh all the time. Like we laugh all the time, and we have a very playful relationship. And you things like cooking or you know cleaning. When there's this 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 way you can bring play into that, or that you can do something, but you're ready to let go of the seriousness in a moment to have that joke and that connection with somebody else. Yeah, that laugh. Yeah. Um, that's really loving which I think in the adulting we kind of think well I've got to get all this stuff done so I don't have that time whether it's with your child or the animal or the partner and 
I think those moments can kind of be where we start to crack down the ice walls to then get into more sort of, I call it advanced play, you know, with different <laughs> yeah, sports yeah, and yeah. the frisbee and the acro and this stuff of, is it in your life? And how many times a day are you laughing? And how, when was the last yeah. time you hysterically laughed to the point where you couldn't stop it and hurt? And yeah, if that's not yeah. happening, this is a mental health crisis. 100%, right? <laughs> 100%, which kind of creates also like, it's really hard to try and have conversations with people who aren't, you know, like that's, a, if you ask yourself that question and then mm. you honestly answer it and go like, I don't know oh, when yeah. I did. Mm. That's like a pretty hard hitting thing because yeah. everybody yeah. knows laughter is like a oh, great expression. Medicine. <laughs> yeah, medicine and like that. But yeah, I think that everybody needs to consider questions like that, mm. do their best to try and figure out the whys, you know, why is it that I'm like playfulness laughter these are indicators yeah. of a healthy human being i mm, think you mm-hmm. know because you can be rich you can have all this other shit you can be super strong whatever but if you're not nurturing the other aspects of your being mm. to kind of have those other dynamics fluidly involved in your life i think you're like kind of missing the point yeah yeah agree yeah. <laughs> and all the coolest gurus are the most like giggly funny like yeah. take the piss yeah. out of you type people i think the yeah. legitimate gurus yeah. like, humble and grounded eh? With yeah, yeah just like they've figured something out to just be like it's all a big game and yeah yes there's rules to the game and you gotta like take care of yourself but ultimately why are we here it's to kind of just like not have a good time but yeah. to sort of just experience and mm. and and love yeah, yeah, and love and connect and yeah. all that goodness, you know. Mm. But I'm always trying to work on myself in those domains and make sure that I'm showing up in the world as that playful person and as that individual who's kind of like challenging. So like, I, I like doing weird shit in public places just to test the vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there'll be one person who's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know, and the rest of you are like, Oh, what's he doing? And yeah, yeah. what is he on drugs or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I am, but no. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's. I think it takes a lot of kind of courage, and um, you got to be like determined to mm. try and live in that way because it's really easy to kind of stoop down to the common level of where yeah. others are at, right? Mm. Yeah. So, you know. That's kind of comes back to like, make sure you're around the right people, make sure you're in the right environment. Mm. You know, the amount of people that are like complaining about whether it's like a young girl is like, I don't meet any guys that are cool or good. And I'm like, mm. where are you? Are you at bars at, on K Road? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's great, K Road's great. <laughs> but like, or are you like at a yoga studio or like going to a cool event where it's going to attract mm. and magnetize the kinds of people that you're wanting to come into contact yeah. with? So simply shifting the way that you socialize mm. in little ways can have a dramatic effect on your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Get around the right people. Yeah. Do the work. Do mm. the work. <sighs> so good. Yeah. Any yeah. any final words, any last little nuggets of wisdom you want to drop before oh, we turn the mic off? I think I'm too young for wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, or a plug. Anything that you've got coming up that you want to talk about? Yeah. Okay. So... I'm starting like a, what would you call it, like a creative enterprise. Yeah, great Called, called Qualmless. Uh, so no qualms. No qualms. Yeah. Qualmless. But it's all that stuff that I talked about. It's not about being like, nothing matters, it's all fun and games. Mm. It's just like, if you Integrity. if you focus your energy on your health, your, your goals, your family, your community, yourself, 
then I think you can kind of exist on a level where you don't carry the burdens of the world on your shoulders because you feel like you're doing, you're, mm. you're playing your role and your part in making the world a better place perhaps. Mm. And so I'm like making tons and tons of content that's just like mostly comedic based because I think that's the lens I want to try and like penetrate into the consciousness with. Yes. Through like things like TikTok and just like videos that mm -hmm. are kind of thought provoking but still kind of just like hilarious and random. Mm. Yeah. It's like putting on like monkey masks and going in the middle of the town in my undies and like dancing around. I yeah. don't know, like I'll do a whole lot of social yeah. experiments to kind of also test the nice waters on what's possible mm. therefore inspiring people to kind of live a bit more dramatically and or not dramatically but like i don't know dynamicize your life yeah in yeah. a way that is suitable to you because everyone's different cool, to try yes, and extract more yeah. yeah you know what i mean mm. so yeah quietness i'll have a podcast um yeah a bunch of content and then mostly what i want to do is just do like events or engage with the community, like with fitness groups, with dance parties, and make it all super inclusive mm. and free would be the ideal. And nice. try use that, because I've been off social media for five years, which has been like, hey, real good for my well-being. Yeah. But also a cost in terms of opportunity, because mm. yeah, that world does have, you know, you're so interconnected. Mm. There's so many amazing people and things going on that there is an opportunity cost being off of it. I get the gain of being more integrated with the real world, so to speak, but I lose out on those kind of things. So yeah, kind of re-jumping into it is pretty hectic, but I'm just finding a good routine and laying down a good law of like, I'm here to create stuff, not consume. So that's nice. a big thing for me. It's like make some content, put it up, make more content rather than look at how that content's being received or like read some shit about it yeah i like none of that ever i'm just gonna load stuff up and keep making more stuff to load up and yeah, trying cool. to kind of like hit the right amazing yeah, yeah. themes and super excited for nice. your content yeah yeah we'll and i just want to say out. you know it's like the reason that you're here the benjamin's on the podcast is because we were walking along the beach and he was literally doing like yoga in his undies <laughs> on the beach and we stopped for like half an hour and then now we're here so you know there is a way of you can you be in the social world, media right connect, yeah. and make Hard. awesome things happen and then content that you're here offering your time with us and it's so beautiful so i love that that's how we kind of know you as this guy in the trees and you've always been <laughs> beautiful and inspiring and just someone that we've i think always had a lot of respect for yeah, in your journey sure. um so it's really special that you're here and sharing with us and we're both, I'd say, very excited for the content you're going to produce and that you are a micro leader in your community. No yeah. matter how old, you are filled with wisdom and are here for a reason. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful thing to just have you have you in the world and definitely have you at our table. So yeah. thank Kia you, ora. Benjamin. Thank you to you both. Thanks for really having me. Awesome, mm. awesome time. Awesome and, time. Yeah. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thank you again for listening, particularly if you made it all the way to the end. And to show your support to us, drop us a like, any kind of comment, share this podcast around and ideally subscribe to hear more interviews and insights into the realm of radical awareness. Thanks for listening. The Radical Awareness Podcast. Mm -hmm.